Episode 29, Matt Stell. Here we go. He's got a new EP coming out tomorrow. Actually, probably already out by the time you're listening to this. It's called Better Than That. You gotta listen to this thing. First of all, you probably already know some of these songs. It's got his number one hit, Prayed For You, on it. It's got Everywhere But On. It's got a new song, If I Was a Bar, which is just, it's, it's a great rocking tune. And there's some new stuff on as well. There's a song called Sadie that personally I'm, I'm loving right now. It's it's kind of got a little bit of a darker feel than maybe some of his other stuff. A little more singer-songwritery. I love this song. You, you gotta listen to this thing when it comes out. Okay, this episode does not need much of an introduction. Let's let's just get into it. Let's dive in. Here we go. Episode 29, The Great Matt Stell. Let's dive in. Here we go. Are you in Nashville right now or where, where are you? I am. Yeah, yeah. Old Hickory, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Man, you know, I know you're a big music fan, and I'm just curious, Van Halen passed away today. Oh, no. Are oh, you no. are you a Van Halen fan? Well, I mean, I wasn't a, um, I mean, I was a Van Halen appreciator, you know what I mean? Like, I I, yeah. I, I knew what I was supposed to know about him, and, you know, I knew he played the, the solo on Beat It, you know, Michael Jackson's Beat It, and uh, also, you know, things like that. But I knew he revolutionized guitar and how it was played, and he meant a lot to a lot of people, so, um, you know. Another good one gone, man. This 2020, I tell you what, it's a real son of a bitch. It's um, and the crazy thing to me is that somehow Keith Richards is going to outlive everyone. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I love that so, meme. It's like we got to start thinking of the world we're going to leave behind for Keith Richards. Right. Exactly. That's so good. So I, I, I was hearing you say that one of your early, one of the early bands that you loved was Drive By Truckers. Were you a big Drive By Truckers fan? Yeah, man. Big. I, uh. I was, I, yeah, yeah. I, I discovered the truckers in college and, um, you know, obviously the Isabel truckers was, that, that was a kind of a sweet spot for me, like, uh, dirty South and decoration day. Those oh. like, there's a song off of Southern rock opera that, uh, a Mike Cooley song called zip city that changed my life, man. I, uh, I was always, I mean, I guess for lack of a better way to say kind of intimidated by music that wasn't like country music because, um, a lot of the songs didn't didn't just like readily um, make sense to me, really. And uh, but once I heard those guys writing songs with these vivid pictures and characters that I knew and identified with, they were just painting with colors that I recognized, you know. And um, that's really where I, I had a passion for songs. But man, that's really when lyrics started to uh, you know to really do the heavy lifting for me. And, um, even even now when I write songs, you know, that's one thing that I that I aspire to do is to write songs where, where the, the lyric is is a lot of the a lot of the lift because I, you know, I, I just love that. And the way that those songs hit me, you know, I want to do that for other people if I can. That opening line of Zip City where Mike Lee sings, I, the opening line is um, your daddy was mad as hell. He was mad at me and you went. That is such a great song, and it's a long song too. You really have to listen to it. You, you have you got to follow the story of it. Yeah, and it's not like I mean, it doesn't have a chorus. It's not. It's like a vignette. Like it's it's not even a. There's no rules about it, but it's just he's talking about being 17 and having one thing on your mind. And I, I just was I would just know this guy. You know, I've had those moments, man. The last line of that song when he says. I got 350 heads on a 305 inch and I get 10 miles to the gallon. I ain't got no good. I ain't got no bad intentions. Oh. oh my God. It's it's like I so much was said to me when you're from where I'm from and you live that life. There's so much packed into those lyrics and um changed my life, man, for sure. I mean, it's, I can't really overstate it. That's a lot of the reason why I do what I do or why I try to do what I do. I always joke that I was the original Isabel fan because I saw him you know, I saw the band playing with him in the band. I was so young, and I feel like that band totally changed my life. So I totally relate with you on this. I mean, one of my favorite bands, Decoration Day, those Decoration Day, Dirty South, and then Southern Rock Opera, which Isabel wasn't on, but those three records are some of my favorites. Incredible. Yep, 100%. So, I'm right there with you. So tell me about, you were just on, like a month or two ago, you were on this, like, star-studded trip to Alaska <laughs> with somebody's... Who yeah. who throws that out? Who who puts that trip together? Man, that's a great question, Zach. I think um, I actually think Craig Morgan had a lot to do with putting it together, and then uh, he brought on 
uh, Jimmy Allen and myself and Chris Bandy and, and the boys from Texas Hill. And, uh, man, we, we played three shows up there, you know, acoustic uh, shows and, you know, distance and outside. And it's beautiful. And it was so much fun to play. It was, it was really a great time, man. I, I really had fun. I stayed four extra days and hiked and fished and enjoyed Alaska. You know, you never know how often you're going to get there. So a um, lot of fun. And I'll definitely be back. What are these fans like when you're playing a show in Alaska? Like, are they are they starved for country music, or did you get did did you pick up on anything about the main characteristics, or are they just you know Alaskans, easy going? You know, it's like you want to make. I, I, honestly, it just seemed like any other place we go where uh, where people are are excited to see some live music. You know what I mean? It. Um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe. Uh, the, the turnouts were all all good, so you know th- I guess that could be a, a marker of, of them being you know starved and passionate for music. But uh, man, honestly, it just kind of felt like uh, you know if I would if I wouldn't have been staring at the background that I was staring at, and had it not been light outside at 11 p.m., then I, I wouldn't have known that I was anywhere else. Uh, but it was cool. Do you just go B and A to Alaska? How do you get there? Do you fly there? No, no, you yeah. <laughs> You go B and A to maybe Seattle. You end up in Seattle somehow, and then you take a plane from Seattle. Or I guess you could do Portland, but but uh, I think we went here, Chicago, Seattle. And well, we flew to um, Fairbanks the first time, and then then down to Anchorage, and you know maybe I was in DFW too. I don't know, but yeah, it it ain't it, It's not the uh, most it's not direct. Uh-uh, no, so. The last time I saw you play live was in Nashville at 12th and Porter for an industry showcase. And I think if I remember correctly, like Randy Goodman, the head of the label gets up and he introduces you and the room is filled with industry members. I mean, you're a road dog at this point, but there's gotta be a little bit of added pressure playing in that room, right? You've got the head of the label there. You've got the entire industry. I mean, do you, I mean, do you get a little nervous playing that showcase? Well, yeah, I mean, and also, you know, you don't know, you know, I know, I guess I would, don't know if I'd do it different now, but I wouldn't worry too much about how I was going to do it. But yeah, I mean, you want to do a good job and you also know that the, the you want to play your audience and, and you also know that, um, you know, it's different than your typical crowd. So it's like, you, are you asking them to sing and clap, you know, or are you trying to raise hell and, you know, so, um, but at the end of the day, man, everybody's, if you're in music, you probably have a passion for it. So it's really that's it's probably the best way to sort of attack it, but yeah, a room a room like like that has the potential to get a little sterile, you know. But um, it, it it was I, I, we had a great time. Shit, we we had How fun. Do you, was there, so. do, do you treat it different? Like, is it harder to get people to clap along, or do you just leave that part out? Like, how how do you treat it differently when you're playing to a whole bunch of industry folks, you know, at oh. five o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> right, right. Um, well, you know anymore I probably wouldn't treat it a whole lot different other than just to acknowledge it you know then you know that was one of my first times doing that and uh yeah you know you always want to play your audience you always want to give your audience the best time you know playing your music but uh, at the same time you got to figure that these people have signed you to the record label and are working with you that they're probably like you know they probably don't hate what your music so um you know just just doing the best version of the songs out there and and uh I probably just kind of let the songs do more themselves than I typically would at a, at a big show where it's the songs, but it's also the energy and the vibe and it's the whole experience. You know? At that point, you put the work in to put the set together, write the songs, you, you get up, you let, you let it go loose. Man, your guitar player looks like a scary dude. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but oh, yeah. big guy, big beard. I mean, how, like when you're putting your band together, you're like, I've got, okay, we've got the songs, we've got to get on the road. Did you have that band already or, or do you audition people or is it friends of yours? How, how do you put your band together? Man, uh, I might've auditioned one or two people, but um, I met uh, Jason Rampage, we call him. Uh, I met him playing some shows and he was with another band and, and he, um, I basically was, you know, my people who were in my band were friends of mine and, but they were more writers and things like that. Uh, and so, you know, it's a big, it's just a difference there. And um, I guess to answer your question, I, I, I never really like auditioned those guys because I saw them play and I was just like blown away. And, you know, really the, um, anybody will tell you this, you know, in Nashville, 
you got, you know, you, you have to be good, you know, or, or, or you're just probably not going to be here that long, but then it ends up being what kind of person you are, what kind of hang you are. And, uh, you know, we just have a great group of dudes and, um, they, they have a passion for the music They have, you know, everybody's has their dream job and we try to keep it in perspective as best we can. And, and, uh, Rampage is our band leader and, and, uh, you know, he helps keep morale high and, and not only, you know, not only playing guitar, but singing and, and, and doing leadership that way. And, you know, everybody that's, everybody that's on board with us are just really talented and, and really good people. Do you ever, are you like the kind, like there's those classic stories of like Prince calling out every mistake and here's a wrong note and flashes a look, you know, are you, do you, are you, do you run a tight ship with your band? You know, do you make sure they're in top form every night? Uh, well, I mean, I have no, <laughs> that's Prince might be the, might be the goat. So, I mean, Prince can, Prince can do Prince things, but, but no, man, I mean, typically I'm the weakest link in the band. You know, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for writing the songs and maybe being able to sing a little bit, you know, ain't nobody hiring me to play guitar. So I just try to keep up as best I can. And, and really my job is a little bit, you know, different you know as it as a you know it being in the front there whether you like it or not you know you are kind of responsible for um for entertaining and uh and so my my head's usually there and, and man we let the loose ends drag because we're a rock band that i like to say we're not a garage band we're we're like a barn band you know like, <laughs> like a little bigger than the garage barn yeah yeah but we we turn the amps up loud and, and we, we get after it for sure who do you look for? Like, I, I know your first concert was um, Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, right? Like, who, who do you look for to kind of steal ideas from, from as a front man? Like, is there anyone that, you know, you go, oh, that's a cool thing that so-and-so did. I should try that. Or, you know, how, how do you try to put that together? Well, you know, I try to do it like I do musical influences and just kind of let them organically happen. You know, kind of throw them in the pot and see what the stew tastes like. Um, I know that... Uh, you know, I spent so much time in basketball locker rooms that that I'm no stranger to hip hop and that vibe, and and uh, you know, a lot of that that almost feels comfortable to me. That that kind of stage sort of uh, presence a little bit, but there again, all my favorite all my favorite artists are you know kind of singer songwritery too. So I don't like to get too far from the making the music part. So it's like it's like equal parts. Um, well, I shouldn't say equal parts, but it's like you know. Clay Walker meets uh, Jay Z or something. I don't know. Like you, know, you just kind of take, you just kind of take what you can from from everybody and see what happens. Absolutely. Okay. So most industry oh, people, I yeah. steal a lot. I steal a lot from Jimmy Allen because I think he's he's as good of a front man as there is in music, especially country music. So I pay attention to what Jimmy does. For what do you see? What do you what do you steal from Jimmy? I've I've seen Jimmy play two songs live, and they were very rushed. So I feel like I didn't get to see him kind of be a frontman. Like what? Like what do you steal from Jimmy? Well, he's just smooth. He's confident. He believes in his songs. He believes in himself. Um, he's not, you know, self conscious in any way. And uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of swagger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's a talented, talented guy. You know, singer, player, uh, great, great songs. So you know, he just he doesn't uh, he doesn't do a lot of second guessing. I would I would pick that out is what I would say Jimmy is uh, really, really outstanding at. And because he's so good, it just kind of frees him up to be really good. And, and uh, you know, he'll, he'll go anywhere he wants. And, and I, you know, it's a good lesson. You ever say the wrong city? Oh, you ever oh yeah. Cleveland and, and, yeah. and you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've done all of this stuff. Like I don't even, I don't even like, care to I just know myself my head's in the clouds all the time and uh, I'm always thinking about I don't know I'm just not super detail oriented which is no excuse but the things that do get away from me are the dates and uh, and the cities sometimes what type of show do you have more fun at is it you know if if you're supporting someone and you can show up rock out and leave and now the rest is someone else's responsibility or when you're doing a headline show you get a little more time but now everything's kind of on you to, you know, fuel the energy for the entire night versus a headline show versus a support show? Is there any differences with the energy or is there one you prefer? Oh, well, there's just, yeah, well, there's differences in how you approach it because it, they feel different. You know, if you're, if, if I'm, if I'm in an arena playing in front of, uh, you know, Keith Urban or Chris Young or something and, and, and people are coming to see him and I know this is my chance to try to win over Chris Young fans, that's a different thing than, going to a city and hoping to sell some tickets 
and that people have a good time when they come to your show, you know? Um, so it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of demand. Um, you know, my, I really had my first experience doing, uh, headline tour stuff this year, you know, early this year is when we did our, we were on tour with us and Chris Bandy and Ray Fulcher. And, um, and I know, and yeah, I, I guess I would, um, I mean, they both have pros and cons because, you know, there's no way I'm playing in any arenas right now without, without opening up for somebody. So, you know, hopefully one of those days comes, but uh, they, they both have their challenges and they both have their, uh, their rewards. It's, I love, I also love finishing a show, hanging out and watching another show that I'm, that I'm a big fan. That's fun, right? Cause you get to, you feel like you're done for the night. You can kind of kick back a little bit and then you go see a show like someone like Chris Young or Keith Urban who puts on a massive show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I was at, I was at uh, Watershed last year and, and, uh, I think every band that was there was standing side stage watching Brothers Osborne, and, and uh, they're obviously fantastic and um, kind of a band's band. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just, again, it's like a passion for music. Everybody's everybody's got it, and you know, it can it can fizzle a little bit, but but I know right now, I think everybody's stopping it a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this: most people in the industry kind of have this like cliche line where they're like, if you're debating between coming uh, becoming a musician or a doctor or a lawyer, you should go become a doctor or a lawyer and not do music. Now you almost went to med school. I think a lot of people know, decide to go the music route. Do you ever look back and kind of, I mean, you didn't, you ended up not going to med school, but do you ever look back and kind of miss it or almost be like, man, I wonder what would have happened if I got to med school. Do you ever look back and think about that, or are you so past that at this point? Um, I've thought about what my life would look like right now if I if I if I got that pre medical program done and was in med school. Um, you know, my life would look quite a bit different. But um, it was really, you know, that sort of that sort of avenue presented itself pretty late. It wasn't like I was dead set on doing that and then music got in the way. You know, I was dead set on doing music and then looked around and was like, well, maybe maybe I won't get to do music like I want to and, and what else would I do? So, you know, that sort of medicine was, uh, or that route, let's just say was a, a bit of a plan B. And, um, so there wasn't any second guessing once I got the opportunity to do this. Now I say that having been very fortunate in having a, a debut single, you know, do well and, and having this second single, have another, have a shot at maybe being a, you know, a top, uh, the top five or something like that, you know, maybe, maybe number one. So, um, it's easy to kind of sit here and say that now, but, um, yeah, I, I don't feel like I made the wrong, the wrong decision. Um, for sure. What gave you the confidence to, because I feel like everyone has that kind of dip that they're in where it's like, I've got it. I've either got fold it up or keep pushing. You obviously keep push, you kept pushing. What gave you that confidence? Did you just think you couldn't live with yourself otherwise? Uh, yeah, I mean, I felt like I could do it and I knew I had to give myself a good chance. I, you know, there was, there were voices in my life that supported me and you know, there were, there were some that would probably had preferred to see me do something else uh, before this all worked out. But you know, like, like my mom was always very supportive, even when believed in me, even, you know, when I started to falter and um, I just, uh, you, you know, I don't know if you, I get if you're passionate about something and you're and you're really getting after it and trying to do it, you know, it's it's uh, there's really no decision to make, and um, you know that's just what I did, and, and you know, luckily it worked out. It worked out when it did. Um, I don't know, like it, even the people that gave me advice to do other things, I wasn't like mad at them or anything like that. It was people that cared about me that thought they were doing me a favor and telling me something hard. Um, so I respect that, and you know, it's not always the best idea to to, to follow through. But I was going to make sure to hit a stone wall before I quit. Um, and, I mean, I felt like I was getting close to that before, before it happened. But, uh, yeah, man, just sticking with it and, yeah, believe it in yourself and believe it in the work you're putting in. And it's cliche, but, you know, that's just kind of, that's just kind of how it is. Hey everyone, thanks for listening and hope you're enjoying the show. Some of you may know that I run an industry newsletter called The Nashville Briefing. Really takes you to the front row of everything happening in our industry. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to nashvillebriefing.com to subscribe. Also, if you're enjoying this show and specifically this episode, please feel free to give us a five-star review on your podcast listening platform. 
Thanks so much. Now back to the show. Now, on your dad's side, you have a couple siblings. Do they look up to you and think you're a total badass? I mean, my brother worked in entertainment, and I thought he was an absolute legend. And he's 10 years older than me. But, I mean, do they look up to you and, and you know, freak out about it? Um, I like to say maybe in, in some respects their kids do. You know, their, their kids are, are fans. You know, that's, it's cool for them to go to school and, and, and uh, you know, hear somebody on the radio. You know, my – my family, though, you know, they're, they they supportive, but you know, I just I'm just Uncle Matt, or you know, just just brother. You know, it's it's not um, not too terribly different, except except with the kids. Their their kids are are, are a lot of fun about it. Do, do they like brag to their friends and they're like, "My uncle's on the radio." Like, yeah, <laughs> I'd be yeah, freaking I, out about it. <laughs> yeah, they they um they uh have a good time with it, and uh, my my nephews are all good kids and they're fun and and so um. I say nephews. I have five nephews, and actually six. My sister just had a, a baby, and oh, uh, my yeah. brother adopted a little girl. So um, wow. six six nephews and uh, and a little girl, and my brother also fosters a, a girl. So um, so there's there's lots of them. Holy cow, that's that's very cool. So how do you meet Ash Bowers? Because he's kind of like your your big guy, and now he just he took over the, the label. He's running Nashville South. It's like. This guy's in everything. How how do you meet this guy? Man, I met him through uh, two mutual songwriter friends, my Autumn McIntyre and Larry McCoy. And uh, they were writing with Ash one day, and he mentioned he was looking to sign some artists. And, um, you know, they recommended me, and he listened. And, and man, that was pretty much how it went down. And, uh, you know, I, I owe those – I owe them, and especially, especially Autumn. Uh, I really owe her a, a – a lot of gratitude for going to bat for me. And I learned a lot from her in terms of writing songs. She's a great songwriter and, and uh, you know, just, it's good to have good friends, but that's how I met him. That's how I met Ash. He, I mean, he kind of, he was your publisher, your manager, and mm-hmm. then it was just announced that he's taking over record South. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, having someone in all those positions, it's fairly relatively unique is, I mean, what, like, what, what does that look like? Or like, yeah. There are advantages that come from that? Like, what's the how, – how does that work? <laughs> really, there could be that, that he's not – I'm not involved on the label side that he is, though. I'm, I'm with my, – my deal is a joint venture with, with Records New York and, and Sony Ariston. So, my – Okay, yeah, yeah. My label is, you know, is a JV with Ariston. So, he's not – he's not – like, him being label president of, of Records South or Records Nashville is not uh, – doesn't have really any bearing on me, but but him, him being my manager and you know we wrote Craig Crew together and we co-produced my projects together. I mean he's just a great guy and he's learned a lot and learned a lot from him and um, he's always doing what he said he was going to do. He's so talented in so many different ways and uh, you know I, just you're lucky to be around good people and, and confident people that believe in you. So um, you know he he's never faltered on that and he's done everything he said. So has Steve Williams, his uh, his business partner on the on the management side and, and was publishing. So, um, yeah, I, I have a great team. I'm very lucky. Who's your first call? Like if you have to make a big decision or you need advice or, you know, something's happening, do you, do you call Ash? Is that the guy that, that you pick up the phone first for? Uh, Ash, Ash and Brendan, Brendan Rich. He's really my, at this point, my sort of go-to, my, I, I hesitate to say day-to-day because he's not my day-to-day, but he day-to-day I do deal with him the most managerial-wise. They kind of divide – um, the roster up and uh, and so Brendan and I work a lot uh, mostly together so um, Brendan and Ash and I uh, if a big decision needs to be made that is the uh, that's the call the three of us that's the call you guys hop on a call and you and you and you work through it that's the mm-hmm. uh, and Ash has got I mean he, he's seen it from every freaking angle he's been the artist the producer the publisher the manager now the label exactly. head I got like, an asset I got. A, I learned a lot from him without having to pay tuition or make the mistakes because he's done all that on so many different levels. And you know, um, yeah, this. I'm, I'm what, like, does he give you any advice from the artist side of thing? Like, you know, you're touring the country, you're doing these radio interviews, playing around. Is like, and does he give you any piece of advice or anything he says that stands out that, that you've taken with you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's told me. Um, you know, there's just really some more overarching things like, um, you, you, because some of that are lessons that you just learn, but, you know, things like he's learned is like, you kind of take what the industry, you know, kind of gives you. And, and you know, for me, that means they gave me a chance to be an artist. So 
you know, it's really kind of lean all the way in on that. And, uh, you know, he's able to, uh, to deal because he was on my side of a label situation. Uh, you know, he's able to see things and now he's on the other side, you know, he's able to see things from both perspectives and, and, um, you know, that's always, that's always so handy when you have a diversity of, of uh, viewpoints. Definitely learned a lot and uh, picked up a lot from him and do all the time. Absolutely. Okay. So by the way, Barry Weiss, who runs records, obviously in New York, huge industry legend from Jive Records. I mean, kind of an industry icon. Yeah. When you, what's this guy's energy? When you meet this guy for the first time, like, like what's his, what's his vibe? Man, he's just, um, his vibe is um, extrovert, energetic, um, you know, competent, confident. Um, he is um, obviously intelligent and, and he, you know, he saw something in me that, you know, nobody else saw or were willing to take a chance on. So, you know, it's hard for me not, it's hard for me to understate how big a deal that is, you know, for a guy to phone call Ash and be like, hey, we see this song, you know, Pray For You was out, you know, independently. We put it out as a publishing company and this guy calls and say, hey, you know, we'd like to work out a deal. I, you know, I've, I'm from Jive Records. I've done everything from, this is Barry talking, you know, he's, had everybody from NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. And, uh, you know, now the, the record side of things is, is mainly hip hop and, um, well, I shouldn't say mainly, but everything you think about country. Really. And, uh, but hey, we want to take a chance on a country record. We want to put a staff together. We think this can work, this hip hop model of finding things that are bubbling up and then uh, really trying to give them a push. And I mean, it's just vision, he's a visionary and, and uh, kind of changed the game in a lot of ways. I think the model, uh, that we have is something that uh, that people are 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 doing and and see that it would work and I mean I think that's just a testament to his kind of leadership. Did you trust out out of the gate? Was there any hesitation that this guy could work at country? Because working in Nashville, country records kind of a unique thing. Did you trust? Did you go? This guy's a legend. He'll figure it out. Or was there any you know was was there any hesitation early on? Like like you know going with a label in New York to work at country record. Well, I like the idea of being independent because I've been independent thinker and independent artist and just sort of had an independent streak from coming from the kind of music that I'm, we were just talking about being into that I was never been afraid of that because I knew that it doesn't matter what name is on the, the letterhead. It matters if you get a passion for what you're doing and if they have the resources to do it. And I knew we had resources. I knew we had passion and I knew he was able to execute. And, um, you know, it wasn't, I really didn't have much expectations because, you know, our, our other options were, were not as desirable as, as that was. And, um, as that is, is what Barry was offering. So I never, um, uh, second guessed it, got in the way. I was just a good soldier and, uh, let the people that were experts tell me how to do it, you know, in terms of, of, uh, getting your music out there. Cause I mean, you know, I had a song out there I believed in and I was going to do anything I could to make it successful. And, um, I think with that attitude, with the passionate people, and, you know, I, I like to think we had the, you know, the music too. I mean, that's a huge part of it. Um, you know, we were able to make something work and I, I really never, never second guess it. Does he bring that? I mean, he's such a, like an old school industry figure and him yes. and like. Yes and no. I mean, he has is old school because he's been there and done it, but he's a very forward thinking progressive. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, his, his experience being in, in hip hop, uh, you know, we basically took that model to, to, you know, as best I can understand, you know, took that model and, and did it in country music and, and, uh, you know, so to, he's been there, done that. He has the pedigree, he has his success, but he's also not dogmatic or mired in a, in the past or someone who waits on other things to get done. Like he gets things done. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I obviously think a lot of him, uh, because of the success that, uh, we've had and, and the chance he gave me. And they've got such a cool roster. He's got such a cool a and I mean, Len Sell, of course, who's unbelievable. I mean, there are some awesome people that they're assigning over there, of course, yourself, right? Is there ever a holiday party? Do you guys ever get together, the records crew? Uh, we'll get together, you know, since they're in New York, uh, we'll get together sort of around any time we have business up there and, and uh, spend time together. And um, that's always a that's always a blast and, and to catch up because I, you know, not only is it, is it, is it just Barry, but his whole staff up there, you know, Sarah and uh, David and, and the whole crew, 
um, that are up there. I always look forward to spending time with those guys and and, uh, and trying to be, you know, uh, trying to be something that they can uh, that they can work with and and staying true to my artistic sensibilities, but in understanding that I got a home there that uh, allows me to do those kind of things. Absolutely. So, okay, this new EP, better than that. I was listening to this thing the past couple of days. I mean, th- I mean, this record is rock solid. I'm loving the song Sadie, which I've heard is is one of the few outside cuts you actually took on this record. It's one of the first outside cuts. I love I love that kind of stutter thing you do when you're when you say Sadie. I always, I always love that in music. I don't know why for some reason. Yeah, what- it's kind of ear candy, man. Yeah, for sure. Say that again. It's kind of what it's kind of ear candy a little bit. You know, it's um that song. Uh, just you know, talking a little bit about it. You know, it is I. I moved to town to be a songwriter, uh, but now that I'm on the artist side of it, I have to be an artist songwriter. And there's no such thing as songwriters without artists that don't cut out some songs. You know what I mean? And um, you know, I knew that that if I cared as much about songs as that I said I did, that I had to let the best song win at the time. And I and because I had success with "Pray for You" and because I had a, a project coming, I was getting pitched some really great songs from from people. And uh, I ended up cutting three songs that I did not. Uh, right, which I've never done before. And, and uh, Sadie is one that actually my manager, Brendan, sent to me and was a big believer in. And usually when he says, uh, usually he says something uh, in terms of like kind of an A&R-y kind of thing, him or, him or uh, Ash, I, I usually uh, really put some stock in that. And I heard it and I loved it and cut it and we thought it came out cool. Um, and the song was cool. It's, I love it because it's not what I would necessarily do myself. It's a little darker uh, sounding here. It's a little more, um, yeah. It's like it, it, it's a it, it has a little bit more of like a I guess a pop edge you would say, but like it, it it's not off in in my opinion. Like it's not off brand, but it is off uh, of what I would just the starting point that I would come from, and that's what we need is something fresh and new. And you know when I heard that song and how it works, and and uh, the lyric is sparse, but it it does some lifting and and. Uh, you know, have a song you can just kind of listen to and enjoy how it moves and, and uh, enjoy that melody and let the melody work is, uh, is a lot of fun. It's great. What's important to you in the studio? Do you go in, do you make sure like your vocal sounds right? Is that the most important thing? You make sure, make sure the band's sounding good. What do you, what, um, what do you pay attention to when you're recording? Well, you really try to pay attention to all of it. I mean, usually vocals in my, you, vocals aren't cut the, the same day that you're tracking the band, you know, typically. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so like work just gets, you know, it, it just gets, um, what do you call that? Uh, assembly line, basically, you know. And so we track with the band and, and it really, you know, you can get down in the weeds, but it's just, you got to make sure the vibe is right. You know, that, that's really what you're going for and, and make sure everything's kind of serving a point and uh, it makes sense of what you do, but it's also fresh. And, and um, But to your point, a vocal might be the most important thing besides the, you know, besides the song, like if you had just a regular track, but a great vocal, that's going to do a whole lot more for you than the other way around, I feel like. So, um, what? Yeah, yeah. With like Pray For You, I mean, how many days you spend in the studio on that song? Do you go in once and you get the, ta- the basic tracks, you go in the next day to lay vocals and you're done? Does it happen that quick? Pretty much. I mean, by the time it gets, you know, you'll, you'll go in, you'll track it, uh, you'll probably track a bunch of shit. Uh, and then you'll go sing it and then maybe you'll have some overdubs of, you know, I want to, you know, this guitar part, I'd like it to do a little different or let's get, you know, a keypad or, you know, whatever. And, uh, from there, you know, a lot of, a lot of where the, the, the cake gets baked is in mixing. And so, uh, you know, Jim Cooley, who mixes all of my stuff and, and a lot of what's on country radio, uh, is one of my favorites and we communicate really easily. And so I can, I can give him some direction, you know, um, that, that'll get him in the ballpark. And then if I need to, or Ash, you know, because we do it together, you know, if we need to pull strings, dial things back, reimagine something or whatever we do. And then, uh, but then, you know, at the end of the day, as long as that, that vocal's got to be, um, that vocal's got to sit in there like a, like a ring inside of a ring box, really, you know. So um, that's a lot of uh, how that gets done. Do you ever listen back to one of these songs and do you ever notice like little imperfections or little things? Like when I hear it sounds so perfect, like to me all music that makes it to any level of success sounds so perfect to me. But as the artist, do you listen back and go, oh my God, that imperfection or? 
or yeah, or I do it differently live because I like it better the way I do it live. You know, there's a, um, I'll give you a great example in prayed for you. The way that I say faith in the chorus bothers me every time I hear it now. I got, I you know, I kept my, kept my, I will say like faith. Like I said, I kept my faith. Like and it, it should be kept my faith like that old King James. So when I sing it, I make sure faith and James kind of rhyme because that sounds better. And I wish I would have done that initially, but uh, you know, it's, it's rock and roll, man. Even, even when it's a country love song, you know, it's, it's rock and roll, man. It's all about the, the vibe. So. I'm going to go back and listen to that. That's a, that's a good tip. Um, this video for, if I was a bar that came out a couple months ago, mm-hmm. that was, was a fun video to watch. How, how do you record that? Are you, do you run through a whole take as yourself and then you change and you do another take? And you, you spend all day in that bar. How how, how do you actually pull sort that of, off? Yeah, you sort of do that, but you really go scene to scene doing that. So you know the scene where the band's playing, I do a take of guitar, a take of drums, a take of fill. Okay, that's the one thing. When it goes to like the dartboard, you know, I do a take of each guy. When it goes to the bar, I do a take of each guy there. And it's not the whole song necessarily. You know, we'll, you know, maybe we'll do a verse chorus in each kind of place. And then at the end, when they put it together, you know, it, it, you have the whole song. But uh, that's basically how that went. Dustin Haney is the is the director and the guy that was his brainchild, and uh, we had a whole lot of fun uh, together doing that video. Man, that was a fun video. Does that take a longer time than other videos? Like, is is that a pain to shoot? Were you kind of frustrated with it? No, not really, because um, a I was just glad to be out of the house. It was during COVID, and we had to do it. <laughs> that's one of the reasons that we. I mean, it's still during COVID, but it was during like. Uh, initial sort of lockdown and, and uh, you know, before back in phase one, you know, type stuff. And um, so I was glad to be out doing anything creative. And uh, we also didn't have to go anywhere. You know, t- a lot of times with music videos, you're going to have several different, you know, locations. Even if you get two locations, that's going to take all day anyway. And I would rather take all day doing what I did uh, and having fun with it than, than, you know, moving around. But, but it was a long day for sure. It was like seven to seven. Oh man, it's a fun video though. You don't have to pay. You don't have to pay anyone else. How do you get in the um, in the pray for you video? How how do you get Savannah Chrisley in that video? Does, who makes the call to get her in the video? Well, that was at, between her and Todd Chrisley. Todd's uh, man, he's what a what a great guy. He's been really great to me. And um, you know, my my people Ash reached out and uh, sort of. I don't, you know, the story that Todd tells is, you know, they, they kind of passed on it because they were so busy. And then he accidentally opened the wrong email one day and heard the song and started playing. And uh, he was like, Oh, wow. I, you know, actually let's, let's try to make this work because he believed in the song. So, um, you know, Todd and Savannah have been, uh, have been great to me and um, been great. I, I met them that day and they've been great friends and uh, you know, Especially Todd, you know, he, he's, he checks in on me all the time, and, and he's so funny, man. He's one of my favorite people. It's a crazy show to watch. It's so fun. And it feels very, it feels very, I mean, it is reality and scripted, but it feels very real. I don't know. It's like, there's especially that grandma character, like, it just yeah. feels, I don't know, it feels like I know those people. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. So, when, where, where do you get your stage clothing from? Like your shirts, obviously you're a tall guy. Is it hard to find stage clothing or, or is it pretty easy? It is. I have, um, I have a stylist that, uh, that helps put all that stuff together because it's not something I am, am good at, nor is it something I enjoy doing. So she kind of gets the vibe and makes the, the look match, you know, we figured out how to make the look match the sound, match the personality or try to. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, typically, um we go to a photo shoot or something like that it'll be time to, to get a get some new clothes and she'll she'll help me there picking stuff out and uh and uh making sure everything fits and it's good to have a it's good to have a lady's um eye on all that stuff too when you're what, when you're what's the mad style look like t-shirt with a with a button up over it or like a like a plaid shirt kind of the hat always jeans boots like yeah, what, I mean, what are the essentials yeah, I mean, I mean, typically the essentials are um, usually wearing a cap, but um, you know, it's going to be something between the country that I, where I'm from, you know, like the rule where I'm from, but then how much time I've sort of spent in, um, you know, and around basketball and and and, and hip hop and 
and I would say urban culture, but, but kind of in that flavor. So, you know, we kind of mix those two things of like, you know, if you could, you know, think about, you know, it, it might be boots in a, it might be boots in a designer tee or something, or, or just like not designer, but like, you know, boots in like, it looks like kind of a, whatever city looking tee, or, or it might be air force ones and a, uh, and a pearl snap, you know? So we just kind of, that's the line we sort of walk and, and, uh, it ends up being, it ends up uh, feeling uh, pretty comfortable to me. Is that, is being, this may be a weird question, but being tall is kind of like, it's kind of like a part of a brand. I mean, Alan Jackson's really tall. Blake Shelton's really tall. Yeah, totally. that, do you like that? Do you like that you kind of stand out? You walk, like I remember seeing Kiss and Madison Square Garden with their boots on. And I remember thinking they looked huge because they were like a foot taller than, you know, other concerts I had seen. Like, you, I bet you, you command, it, you know, it is, a, I bet it's a little bit easier for you to command a stage being the well, tallest one on it. A lot of the stages that I play are, are, are so small that I have to kind of like be careful that I'm not hitting my head. I mean, some are, but uh, there's this place in Ohio that I love called the Dusty Armadillo and, and the stage is, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. The stage is that far from my head. I can't even raise my guitar up and I'll break the neck on it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I never really think about being tall, to be honest with you. Like, uh, it, it doesn't cross my mind. And then until uh, I have to sit down in an airplane or something. And then I was going to say, is that the, uh, like, what's the, what's a weird thing about being tall that we wouldn't think about? Like, saying, you're, I mean, you're not even that. I mean, you're tall, but like, what, like, airplane, sitting at an airplane, is that the, uh, yeah, it thing? sucks. It sucks. Buying, buying jeans sucks. Uh, buying shoes can suck. Um, but I mean, I don't want to complain too much. I mean, it's just like I, you know, I, I also got to play a lot of basketball because I was tall, and and uh, you know, so it is what it is. I would trade if I was tall. I, I would, I, I, I'd, I'd take the tall card. Um, let, let me ask you something. You're on a boat. You have to save one person. George Strait or Garth Brooks? Who are you gonna save? Only one fits in a lifeboat. Oh man, that's a tough one. I guess I'm probably. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll drown and let them both have the boat. Let them both. That's the kind of guy you are, right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They'll be like, "Well, he died a hero's death," and maybe I'll get one of those bumps, like you know, the Twenty Seven Club. You know, you become a legend, and everybody listens to your music that way. So that's what I like. I feel like that's a little bit of a cop out, but I'll let you have it because I mean, <laughs> I I get, I get. Um, the EP is out. Better than that. What, what, I mean, what's the, what, what do you hope people listen to? What, what, what's the, I love Sadie. I think that's an awesome song. A couple of these songs are out already. What, what do you hope people go to or listen to or check out? Any special moments musically that stand out or? You know, I guess I'm still in the minority, but I love to, to go to a project that I like and listen to it, you know, kind of top to bottom. And, and uh, especially, you know, some project like this, that's fairly different from song to song. I mean, it kind of, we have a vibe and a sound and a thing that we're doing, but I, I you know, I, I wouldn't think that all of those songs sound the same necessarily. And, um, you know, especially we touch on a lot of different, you know, subjects, whether it's, you know, heartbreak or, or love, or it's, if it's the, the, the pros and cons of the, uh, of being from a small town and just kind of the human condition where you're from, where you're from. And, um, you know, or like, you know, Sadie, if you're in this kind of limbo with somebody you care about and you really don't care, um, if, you know, if your feelings get paid back, you're just excited, you know, you just want them to know that you're going to be there for them, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, my hope is that people would listen to it and, and find their, uh, find something that means something to them, you know, because that's one thing that all those songs have is, is a real genuine place. Even the stuff that I didn't write, you know, is, is, is something that I'm trying to say. Uh, so, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's something that uh, people can dive into and come away with what they need in the moment, you know. Absolutely. Man, I'll let you run. I, I appreciate you taking the time. What, what's the, um, what's the thing? Cause I, you know, I remember, I, I've heard you say that you learned guitar in college cause you were, stu you were practicing basketball and you, and you had time after practice. So you picked up a guitar. Now we've got a lot of free time on our hands relatively, obviously. Are you trying to get better at guitar? Do you, you know, any, any musical things or what, 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 how, I mean, you're not writing songs. How, how are you spending your time right now? Well, I am writing a bunch of songs uh, and that's, that's one way. Yeah. That's one way that I'm, that's the main way that I'm spending time because I feel like, you know, that's the value add that I can bring. You know, I feel like, especially when I'm writing for myself, you know, I have a perspective and, and uh, love to write songs and, and can bring something to the table there. 
Um, I have played a lot of guitar and, and, and become a little bit more formidable uh, of a guitar player, especially in like an acoustic sort of setting. Um, I should probably be better than I am, but I've, I've made some, um, I've made some progress there and, uh, I keep thinking that, uh, I'm going to really have a breakthrough on the golf course, but man, it just comes and goes. It just comes and goes, Zach. So I'll, I'll be excited for it to come again because it's, my golf game has been hot garbage for a while. The golf, that's, that's the big one. What, um, any, any TV shows you're binging or any, uh, any TV shows? Man, I watched Social Dilemma the other day. Uh, What'd you think they, of that? Uh, I think that uh, uh, I was familiar with Tristan Harris, the, the guy that was behind that. You know, I, I was, um, he's kind of been, you know, when he was, uh, I guess, an ethicist, you would say, I guess, at, um, at Google. And um, I was familiar with his work. I really thought that was a, uh, a really masterful way to show people the problems that social media has and continues to cause and will keep causing until we do something about it because it seems as though it's this abstract thing and you know who gives a damn if they take your um if they take your data and then advertise stuff that you want to buy like you know people thought the printing press was going to destroy the, the world and you know to hear those arguments dealt with and to see that it's 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 such asymmetrical warfare in terms of these companies versus um you know the consumer um, of the product, or I guess, you know, as they would say, we are the, our attention is, is a product. I thought it was a really, really great way to illustrate why we have to do stuff and do it quickly. And the cost that we're getting, the cost that we as a society and as a world are paying, um, for, you know, the neglect of, of understanding the cons of all this technological pro. I immediately turned off all the notifications on my phone right after watching it. I turned everything off except like text and email. hundred <laughs> percent, man. I, you know, I try to uh, do that and use a VPN, you know, so that uh, I don't get ads that are necessarily as targeted and things like that. And you just do what you can, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, the change. It, I, I think that it's one of the, it's the most popular film on Netflix over the entire world. So I have to think that, um, that there's going to be some positive change now that people can really put a face and a point on what is actually the, uh, the problems here, because they are way more serious than, than it seems. The social dilemma. Anything else? Any other TV shows you're checking out? Oh man, I'm about to start season two of Cobra Kai. I really like season one. And, um, seems like there's something else that, that I've been watching or that I, that I, I watched alone the, I don't know if you're familiar with this show where they send you, they put you in the Arctic for however long you can stay there with 10 items and whoever stays the longest wins like isolated. And I picture uh, that being you and Jimmy Allen and, uh, and, and Chris Bandy in, in Alaska. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 No, that show has been great. Um, really enjoyed that one. And uh, yeah, I'd say those, the social dilemma really sticks out as something important though. Are you a good cook? Do you cook, do you cook a lot during this? No, no, I don't. I might, uh, I can do like three things and I typically just don't like, I, <laughs> I eat a lot of, uh, I got a Bojangles right around the corner, although they never have chicken done. So I drive up the road to, uh, to, to Chick-fil-A, uh, to a lot of the time or I'll, uh, you know, grab a, grab a rotisserie chicken from the, from the grocery store or something like that. And, but, uh, no, it's pretty much just like, if I'm not making a steak, then I'm probably eating a peanut butter sandwich. That's the, man, I go through so much peanut butter. It's absurd. I'm not even kidding. I go through jars of it. It's unbelievable. It's the quick, it's easy. It's good for fills you. you up. Yep. Fills you up. Yep. I go through jars of peanut butter. Well, that seems like as good a place to end as any on the jars of peanut butter. Matt, Thank you so much for taking the time, buddy. The, the record will be out. I think it'll be out today when this comes out. Better than that, stream it now. Check it out. Watch the music videos. You've got some really fun music videos. Awesome. Easy, easy to watch. I, I mean, I love, I love these music videos, man. Keep them coming. And, yeah, um, and yeah, man, can't wait to see. what well, We've got the EP coming out. I mean, that's huge. Anything else we should be on the lookout for or should be checking out? Man, we got EP coming out. You know, we got uh, everywhere but on is uh, it's making its ascent up the charts. We're kind of in the home stretch, you know, hoping to ring the bell on it. So, uh, yeah, 
That's do you look not, at the charts every day? Like, do you, do you look at them religiously or you just, you know, your team lets you know it's happening? We, uh, it doesn't do any good. You know, it's like, it's, I, there's nothing, if there's something I can do, they'll let me know. I've already given them the music. I trust them. So uh, they know that I'll, that I'll do anything. So, do you read uh, reviews? Like when people were reviewing your song, et cetera, like, or, you know, concert reviews or anything, do you, do you seek those out and, and read them? No, not really. Not really. Not really. Um, I have, I mean, I have come across reviews before. I don't think of everywhere but on, but I have of, uh, of prayed for you. And, and, uh, you know, it's like, I try to, I, I just think music is just such a, um, a subjective thing. And I, I feel like there's not a ton of people that are super qualified to talk about music in, in that way necessarily. I mean, I'm sure there are, but you know, everybody's like, like what you like. It's never been a better time to be a music fan than right now because you can get all, anything you want all the time. And, um, I don't read a ton of reviews. and uh, But, you know. Who's the person, like your team aside, your direct team aside, who's the person that they recommend you like a song or an album or an artist you'll go listen to it and you'll trust their judgment, you'll check that? Oh, a lot of like my writer friends, you know, if they're into somebody or anything cool. You know, I definitely... Uh, Definitely check out, you know, my buddy Joe, if he, if he likes a band or a song or something, I'll definitely check that out. Is that know. Joe Fox? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got good taste. He's got good taste. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Good guy, good guy. Unreal. Well, stay well, buddy, and I can't wait to see you at a show and, and see you rocking at live when, whenever we can. <laughs> hey, man, appreciate the chat. I agree. We'll make up for lost time. Oh, you a beer. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. There you have it, episode 29, Matt Stell. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks to Matt for taking the time to talk. The new EP, Better Than That, out now. Go stream this thing, trust trust me on this. Again, Sadie, that's my pick on this record that I'm listening to right now and absolutely loving. You, you gotta check this thing out. Okay, that's it. The Zach Kuhn Show is mixed by Sam Heyman, and our theme music is by Justin Johnson. If you want more content from us, you can go to nashvillebriefing.com to subscribe to our newsletter, and you can follow us on socials, everything at Nashville Briefing. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Bye.